0: thin places. They're places where the difference between heaven and earth is permeable, where eternity and the temporal have contact with one another. These are often places of pilgrimage, places where the faithful people of today travel because the faithful people of many yesterdays have traveled there before. And people have traveled there for many years because of the mystery of the place, the deep feeling that the infiniteness and glory of the divine is present. Such thin places are known in every religion, Christianity, Judaism, Islam, Hinduism, Buddhism, earth-based religions. Whatever the religious framework people have for engaging the immensity of life, thin places have played a role in reminding the faithful of the power and the glory of the divine. And these thin places rarely want to be left. It feels good to be there. All is right. We know who we are and whose we are. We feel the certainty of the truth that God is God, and with God all things are right. Peter, James, and John, they found themselves in a thin place in our gospel lesson today. Connecting with the experience of Moses, which was a major event of significance to the Hebrew people, we understand that this is a major event too. At the beginning of this Epiphany season, when Jesus was baptized, the heavens opened and God said, This is my Son, my Beloved. And now, here at the end of the season of Epiphany, the heavens open again, and God says, This is my Son, my Chosen. Listen to him. This thin place experience Affirms what Peter recognized just eight days prior to this event that Jesus is the Messiah of God. The Messiah, the one who has come into the world to save the world. And herein lays one fundamental, foundational difference between Christianity and all other religions that God was incarnate, fully human, and fully divine. God was incarnate in the person of Jesus. God didn't simply put on human clothing, if you will, for our benefit. Jesus wasn't simply a prophet filled with wise sayings, the wisdom of God pointing us in the right direction. God, the infinite one, the holy one, was fully human and fully divine in Jesus. Peter recognized this just one week before this event on the mountaintop, and a voice from heaven affirms the recognition. God became incarnate. Love became incarnate. And in doing so, there was a tangible way, a tangible one, making known God's salvation. And it is this truth that makes the second aspect of our Christian faith so remarkable. The truth that God became incarnate gives us something to talk about. You see, the Messiah of God does not shun the horror of life. This is a big difference between Christianity and other religions. In many religions, to be truly holy is to transcend the difficulty of life. In Christianity, however, the Messiah comes into the midst of difficulty and transforms it. When the disciples descend from the mountain to find a father whose son is having what appears to be a seizure, the father is certain that his son is inhabited by a demon. The disciples are unable to drive the demon out, but Jesus comes into the midst of this chaotic, and terror-filled scene and speaks words that transform the reality. Peace is brought to the scene. Healing is brought to the boy. Even though the disciples witness again and again Jesus's willingness to come into the difficult realities of life and transform them into places of healing and wholeness, injecting life into what is thought to be certain death. Even though they witness this again and again, they still can't imagine the reality that Jesus speaks of when he talks about suffering, dying, and rising again. We too have this challenge Even though we witness through the stories of scripture or hear from our neighbor of how God was present in a difficult time, we still have trouble believing that God is present in the difficulties of life. It is a common refrain that I hear from people. Yeah, they say, I know that God transformed that situation, but I don't know if God can transform this one. Or perhaps they tell it to me in the form of a question. Even this? God can transform even this? We sometimes, if we confess it, we want holy living to mean that we're free from the strife of being human. But instead, and I believe that Jesus demonstrates this for us, holy living means that the strife of being human doesn't overcome us. Instead, the strife is transformed into the means through which we see the glory of God. As we've said all of Epiphany, the light shone in the darkness and the darkness did not overcome it. When we walk with someone in a difficult time, We get to see firsthand God's transforming power at work. The challenge for us is to remove the veil of certainty of how God will act or to remove the veil of uncertainty of whether or not God will act so that we might see God act in ways beyond what we expect or anticipate. In preparing for this sermon, I recalled many times that I have heard people think aloud the question and even ask me directly, but can God transform this situation, even this one? Or say to me in private confession when they confess to me, I know that God forgives sins, but can God forgive this? I know that the answer is yes. Often, I'm not sure how God will transform it, and my answer of yes is one of faith, awaiting God's demonstration. So I chose two stories to share with you from my life that illustrate this, two out of many. One was when I was at the cinema with my family, and I emerged from the restroom with a few of my daughters to be greeted about five feet away with a woman, her arms stretched outside like this. She said to me, Whitney, and I knew that she was inviting me to hug her. Her face looked familiar, but I could not recall her name. And even as we hugged, my mind drew blank. But as we pulled away from each other, she looked me right in the eye, and she said, you heard my confession over a year ago. And I want you to know my life has not been the same since. I can also tell you the story of a dear friend in seminary who let us know during the early years of our schooling together that she was on the lookout for her husband. She had not found him yet. And she was already in her mid-30s and still hopeful that he was out there somewhere. People were deployed, if you will, to help her in this endeavor. (laughs) And so someone came back with a find. He was 10 years her senior, but they had many things in common. And indeed, they were married in the months ahead. She 35, he 45, their first marriage. And there was much rejoicing. I wasn't there for the wedding because it was a few states away but I was there when tragedy struck two years later when she found herself at the age of 37 to be a widow. Her husband had gone to run an errand on one Sunday morning and was going to meet her at church but didn't feel well and decided to take a cab to the church rather than walk. And when he got into the cab he felt so badly that he asked the cabbie to just take him straight to the hospital. And when he arrived at the hospital, he was dead. A widow at 37. I was with her when we went to her house to eat the leftovers from the last meal that he had prepared. I was with her when the funeral director brought his cremains in a cardboard box to her apartment. I was with her when she realized after months of trying to get pregnant that she wasn't the grief was immense. But you then can imagine the abundance of the joy when a year and a half later, because of the benefits of modern medicine, she had a child, the offspring of her and her late husband. This is a story that she told to everyone. The horror had been transformed into a glory that she could not comprehend. Christianity is unique because of its incarnational quality. God became man and in doing so blessed the created order and showed us that our humanity was not something from which to escape, but something that can be transformed. It is in the transformation that we witness God's glory. we will begin the season of Lent this Wednesday. On Ash Wednesday, we will remember who we are and whose we are. And in the 40 days that follow, we will reflect on the very truth that Jesus did not seek to escape his humanity. Jesus, by being fully human, redeemed our humanity. By facing suffering as we face suffering, Jesus showed us that suffering is transformed. If we want to see the glory of Easter, the real glory of Easter, we would do well to enter into an observance of a Holy Lent. Through journeying with Christ in these upcoming days and weeks, we will find ourselves asking, on more than one occasion, How can God transform this situation? And we will come to Easter morning cognizant of another thin place, the place where eternity breaks into the temporal and brings life from death. Alleluia.